Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, Doctor Who fans. Welcome back to the Doctor Who After Show here on AfterBuzz TV, talking about Season 8, Episode 8, Mummy on the Orient Express. I'm Matt Lieberman, and we got a full panel here today. Uh, Mr. Zach Wilson is hey, back. Hey, guys. Yell Teagle is here. Hi, everybody. Uh, Jesse Klein is here. Hey, everyone. And uh, special guest, the lovely Kristen Gerhardt. Woo! Welcome. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, Kristen, uh, you are a magician uh, and performer. You're also a huge Whovian. Oh, so bad. So good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about this episode. But first, uh, if, for those of you who are watching us live, uh, we are going to give out our Twitter handle. So you can tweet us throughout the show. Uh, yeah. Those of you who uh, you know tend to watch this after it comes out or, or listen to it on YouTube, uh, on iTunes, what's happening to me? Uh, if you want to watch us live, we... We tape every Monday uh, at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we highly encourage that you do so. So you can join in on the conversation. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. And you guys can find me at that Zach Wilson. That's T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. Uh, you can find me at Yell Teagle. I'll spell that slowly. It's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. Yeah, I'm sorry. And you can find me at Jess Klein One. That's J E S S K L E I N, the number one. And Kristen. And I'm at Kristen Gerhardt, C H R I S T E N G E R H A R T. Yes, I can spell my own name. Yeah. Good for you. Points for me. Um, <laughs> so I love I love this episode for a variety of reasons. Uh, it had uh, some echoes of. Uh, the Unicorn and the Wasp, which is one of my favorite mm-hmm. Modern Who episodes. I thought that it had great elevated character stakes for both the Doctor and Clara throughout. I felt like it brought us to a great place to kick off the third leg of the season. Mm-hmm. And it introduced a very interesting concept of TARDIS addiction, which I think we're going to get into in a big way here, mm-hmm. and how it affects both the Doctor and Clara, because uh, now that it's been introduced, it totally explains a lot of behaviors and I feel like it's a, it's a very deliberate decision to pull that curtain back now so that we can look back on everything we've seen and see that start to take root. I loved it. What do you guys think? 
I loved this episode. I don't know why, as it started, I was like, ooh, this reminds me of Eccleston and like that era. And I love Eccleston. So I was so excited. Just the first moments where we see um, Mrs. Pitt die, who mm-hmm. I've decided is related to Brad. They're sure. they distant, distant <laughs> relatives true, in the true. future. Um, and I was just like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. And it was just a fun ride the whole way through. I thought it was uh, extremely well directed, and I thought the music was fantastic in it as well. I loved the having a good time. Yeah, and, the uh, Don't Stop Me Now cover by Foxes. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, a lot of the scenes where it was the Doctor and Clara and like the way that was uh, directed. Whoever was doing the direction was doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. I, I think this was a, it was a great episode because su- certain episodes this season have been so much fun to watch, and then as you thought about them more... They sort of lost a little bit of the fun hmm. as they like became, as you realize like little things. Like we talked about listen yeah. a lot of so as one that like gets a little bit more confusing the more you think about it. But, this yeah. one, the more yeah. you think about it, the, like the second time I watched it, I got more excited. It was even better the second time mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. going through and like seeing new things and coming up with new ideas. Like, oh, what if this means this and this, which I yeah. am excited to get into. I really like that. I like that point. I want to come back to it in a second. What do you think, Chris? Uh, first off of that, I really want to say that I, I'm a huge Agatha Christie fan. Mm-hmm. So to sure. bring that into any realm of any kind of popular culture aspect is just awesome so yeah again the unicorn and the wasp and then having it come back and murder on the orient express i love a good murder on the orient express <laughs> in this case yeah. a, a couple of murders yeah. several yeah. so that was awesome so just having that kind of element the costumes fantastic oh, the set yeah. design fantastic lighting even fantastic the details were perfection and then bringing in this whole crazy adaptation of this mummy and this modern equipment and just it's such a beautiful visual I think they blended it really nicely mm-hmm. so that was my immediate impression um, the interesting part that I've, I'm really interested about getting into uh, for this particular episode is we've seen Clara go through this huge kind of emotional upheaval and become angrier and more aggressive and I think this whole TARDIS addiction idea is going to give us a little bit more information about her character and about what she's going through because we've kind of seen this weird transition for her and it's been a little bit tough at least for me watching it and i think it's going to be really cool to see how that unfolds with capaldi absolutely um i just want to go back quickly to what you were saying zach about how some of the episodes this season i think in seasons past uh since uh stephen moffat took over the show you know, have a little bit less of a shine on them upon repeated viewings because he is not a fan of linear storytelling. Yeah. He likes writing an episode that is like a puzzle box and that ultimately, after you've had all the fun of like peeling back its layers, there's not really anything there. Or maybe it's a little plastic prize. You're like, oh, was that all that this was for? Sometimes and I feel like harmonica. Exactly. <laughs> that is the greatest way to describe what he does yeah. with the show. That was beautifully said. He's He's a big, big fan of. Uh, of clever writing and, and of playing with time travel in a way that is interesting for a writer and is interesting narratively, but ultimately, when you're watching an episode of television, it doesn't leave you with anything. Yeah. Versus this episode was so straightforward and was so grounded in character and in the internal conflict we left at the end of last episode that ultimately, regardless of the great twist that we got in the middle of it, it felt like one straightforward progression. Uh, as we explored, will they or won't they? Are are they going to stop traveling together, or is is Clara going to be able to pick things up? You know, obviously, this was a very deliberate attempt on the Doctor's part to bring some intrigue back into their relationship, and again through lying. But 
maybe she's so addicted to the TARDIS that she doesn't care. Yeah. yeah, I I don't know about you guys, but when I first saw Clara and like she was all like made up and ready to go, number one, beautiful. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, but number two, I was like, oh, are they just doing a reset where it's like that big thing that happened in the last show, like it didn't happen or because that's happened before in the show where like something big has been said and the next episode, it's like shot out of order or anything like that. And it's like, oh, I guess that didn't really count. They forget like this yeah. major traumatic thing happened. Yeah. So I was at first I was really... Uh, I was really worried that it was going to be like a reset or we wouldn't acknowledge it. And I was super happy to see like the two sides of it because Clara and the doctor were separated for a long time during it. So like to see both of them piece through, it was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just real quick. Uh, apparently some folks are having issues with the live stream today. Uh, so we apologize for that difficulty. Keep trying. Uh, if, if, if it doesn't work out, we will try to make sure that that is fixed for next week. Uh, we love having your participation when we talk about this show live. Um, yeah, so we we come into this thing uh, wondering if if it's all blown over, and it turns out that uh, it's the last hurrah. It's the last hurrah. This yeah. is supposed to be like one nice last jaunt before we're done forever. And Clara's had a few weeks to fume and ultimately decide. Okay, I don't hate this guy. You know, yes, he has lied to me. Yes, he has put me in danger. Yes, he has he has taken me to levels of. Uh, of low morality that I never intended to reach, but I can't hate him for it because I kind of asked for it. She's frustrated with him yeah. more than anything else. And how great was that scene though when the, they're in the hallway oh, having the, so like the last Hiroshima? Mm-hmm. That was true. Like that was like such a film noir it scene. Was. It got me so excited. That that entire yeah that entire bit was great. Uh, just the way that like Clara and the Doctor had like this back to back banter and. It ended with the same sentence that it started with, like, the last hurrah. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it, uh, that was amazing. I was really excited. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... The, well, no, <laughs> I, I agree. Okay. I agree. <laughs> that's, that's just it. Well, <laughs> what I liked about it is... Uh, and what I like about this season in general is I feel like we have been getting far more grounded scenes of, the, of Clara and the Doctor talking about their relationship mm-hmm. in a fashion that we really haven't seen, I don't think, since, uh, like... 10 in rows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, really, really. Like, you look at Amy Pond and the Doctor throughout their entire relationship. Once we introduced Rory into that into that whole situation, they never really had to talk about their relationship because there was no relationship to discuss. Goofy she, buddies. Yeah. She was happy to be there. He was her best friend. Her husband was there with her, too. Isn't that great? Doctor, this is dangerous. I know. Okay. Like, that's how I felt most of the time. I mean, you could maybe you could throw Power of Three in there as an example of them working through it, but it wasn't really them talking to the Doctor. It was them talking to each other. It was, they were friends, and that's great. It was solid. It was what informed how they dealt with the circumstances that they fell into. Hmm. Whereas now we're just running through, like, situations that, like, you wind up in as the Doctor, and how does that affect your relationship? How does it change your relationship? And I think that's the big thing with Clara, is relationship to the doctor to the TARDIS to this whole thing that's her big standpoint well we have this conversation um, between Clara and I, I believe her name was Millie the Maisie, Maisie. Uh, when they're trapped in the room with the sarcophagus where she's kind of quizzing Clara about the nature of her relationship with the doctor Kristen, would you say you know obviously they're they're not they're not lovers they're not necessarily friends either 
Would you say in the wake of this TARDIS addiction thing, are they just enablers? Do they just enable each other? See, that that's a very... It's kind of seems what it's what that's about is is them enabling each other because they both kind of need each other in order to make this kind of thing work but the, I'm, I'm really interested to see clara's choice that has to happen there's going to be a have to be a definitive point where she says it's either going to be danny or it's going to be the doctor because danny and the doctor obviously don't like each other yeah mm-hmm. and danny's not really a part of that so she's completely torn and i think when she says to the doctor you know i can't do this the way that you do it or however she puts it in the episode, it's really going to be interesting to see what she does as a standpoint as, you know, is it morality? Is it she going to take a stand and say, I can't, you know, lie for you anymore? Mm-hmm. How is that going to affect her relationship on the TARDIS with the people that they encounter on these trips? Because she always ends up being put in this moral dilemma. And the last episode, Kill the Moon, she the doctor made her be the the voice of reason, be the, be the distinctive voice of the planet mm-hmm. and i think it's really it's just it's this internal wonderful struggle and i want to see a little bit more of that in the story i'm really curious on uh building off of that what do you do you guys consider what clara is doing at this point especially the fact that she's not telling danny do you consider it cheating i that's a very interesting <laughs> complex question what do you think yo well, I, I don't consider it cheating, but I don't consider a lot of things cheating. <laughs> I am not the person to ask. But I, I don't think it's cheating. I mean, Danny knows that she is traveling with the doctor. Danny knows who the doctor is now. He knows everything except for the fact that by the end of this episode, she lies to him. But like, but she lies to the doctor, too. Yeah. But there's but, also uh, the time travel thing. If she lies but comes back at the exact point when right? they had he will never know. Right? Yeah. I, would call it a, I would call it emotional cheating, sure. Yeah. Like... Mm-hmm. Like, I would say that she is making sure that uh, she's covered, she can come back at any time, but there's something that she needs from the doctor that she is getting that she does not get from Danny, and so she is taking that from the doctor instead. I want Danny to get on the TARDIS with them. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. I mean, that's the Amy and Rory solution to the situation. I, I think it would be so much more interesting i think it would be more of a um a martha and jack hmm that's hmm. what interesting I think. well i mean i've been clamoring for it for weeks because i'm just not sold on clara and danny together in terms of like what we've been seeing and right. i think that putting them in dangerous situations will bring that out mm-hmm. yeah. um but uh i would say that it is absolutely cheating <laughs> um because it is as just said it is emotionally cheating but, like, this is such another level of, like, beyond friendship, beyond yeah. any, like, the, because just the, like, that moment where she, like, runs down, she's all smiles, like, now give me some planets, big boy. Yeah. You could have easily replaced that with, now give, give me, me a some kiss. dick. What? Whoa! Whoa! What? Matt! <laughs> Big D. I'm yeah. sorry. It was covered up by what he said. I thought I could get nope, away with no, it. Or, it was or, not. Or, no. or give me some sugar. Like any, yeah. not any PC Big version butt. of that. But like, <laughs> but it was such a such a, a huge shift that she made. It was yeah. instant. It was. Yeah. It looked like she was dealing with this for so long, and then it was the easiest decision all of a sudden. Yeah, see that's like that. I, I wanted wobbly. to see the cogs turn, and I didn't really get that. Yeah, that whole wobbly thing. Where it's like I'm wobbly, but I'm good now. Yeah, was so weird. Like. I, I was like, is there an ulterior motive here? But I think it was just like her being back on the TARDIS, being excited about, like, they just solved a fun mystery, and it's like, she gotta get that fixed. Well, it's also what Maisie mm-hmm. said. If you only like people you're supposed to like, 
there yeah. are no fairy tales. If you're only supposed That's to be true. with the people you're supposed to be with. So it's, I think it was that fairy tales line. This is Clara's fairy tale. This yeah. is what she's always wanted. This is what we've all wanted. This is secretly what people love. Adventure and something completely mysterious. And you have all of time and space at your fingertips. How can you give that up? It's true. You know? I think it's also, I think they at the end, everyone lived. Mm-hmm. Everyone lived just this once. And I think that that's... She loves she that. Loves that. She yeah. loves when everyone lives and it's a happy ending as opposed to last week when, um, you know, she had to make that terrible decision. Yeah. I think it's one thing when the doctor can make that moral decision. But mm-hmm. when she's put in a position, even where last week went the planet lives and a new moon comes up and, you know, we're all happy, she's still unhappy because she was the one that had to make that decision. And I don't know if it's that maybe she doesn't trust her own judgment. Maybe she's not quite comfortable being put in that command position where she just wants to go on these adventures and know that everything's going to be okay because she's with this doctor that can make everything better. I don't really know exactly what it is, what her exact issue was, but being put in that command state was uncomfortable for her but all of a sudden when the doctor's in a place where he can save everyone we're all happy again yeah Yeah. it became too real for her yeah like it was it was that moment where it's like she's in charge of the life or death like stakes instead of the doctor it it it, the 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 microscope was too close Mm -hmm. Hmm. i i want to talk uh just circling back Kristen, to you mentioned this moment where it seems so easy and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. the smile comes to her face and Mm -hmm. it's just like let's go uh to me that's the moment she's already chosen it's not you know like there's gonna come a moment where she has to choose between danny and the doctor she chose she knew in that moment that she was going to lie to danny and to the doctor and subsequently probably doom both relationships she she basically she's like I like this. I don't care about the consequences. He right here right now I want more. And that's total addict brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like anybody who has ever relapsed. That's the moment where the the positives seem to outweigh the negatives in the moment and it doesn't matter that there's a risk. Well, but I also don't think that because right now because she's in the TARDIS she can come back at any point in time her relationship with Danny and her mindset in that exact moment is not in danger because yeah. she can come back at that perfect time mm-hmm. and, it, and he'll never miss her. It, there's going to be a point where her relationship with Danny is in danger and that's going to be a bigger choice because then it will be I can lose this relationship and never fix it again and go with the doctor or I can choose the doctor you know there's going to be that that choice right now she kind of put Danny in the back burner and was like okay he's safe and I can come back and I can go back there and it'll all be fine so let me just go off on my adventure and return back home whenever I feel like it. she's got to hit rock bottom before yeah. she makes the choice if we're going to use the yep. lingo yeah. right yeah. Yeah. you wouldn't call you wouldn't call fate of the planet earth in her hands rock bottom apparently it was yeah, no she <laughs> I think Not she got out of it I think yeah. she's probably describing what the rock bottom is which mm-hmm. is when Danny's relationship mm-hmm becomes uh is now on the line that's going to be the big like decision moment for her um i also think that you know clara is doing a lot of bargaining with herself which is also a lot of uh addict behavior Mm -hmm. where she's lying to herself thinking that it's going to be okay with danny and the doctor even though for most of this episode she was furious with the doctor and was done was ready to be done uh i think I think it's going to be interesting to see how she goes further and is okay with this relationship. Right, but being faced with the loss of the Doctor is what I think pushed her to not let go. Yeah. She's not faced with the loss of Danny or that other life, but she was, in this episode, completely faced with losing the Doctor forever. You know, that, are you going to come around for dinner? Sure, I'll come around. She knows that he won't. Yeah. That's not going to happen. So being faced with that 
huge loss was too much. Mm-hmm. But right now, she her other life is perfectly safe. So it was. I think those lost moments when she's faced with losing Danny or losing that regular life, those are going to be really integral to her character. Mm-hmm. We're, al- we're also not discussing the scene on the beach where uh, she was reaffirmed of the doctor's good qualities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In in the wake of this change into into the 12th or 13th doctor, if you want to count the war doctor, but we don't because <laughs> this is this show and he didn't have a number, so forget it. Um, so confusing. Yeah. War doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, like you learned your numbers when you were a kid. Mm. Seven, eight, eight war, nine, nine <laughs> ten. Uh, where, you know, she had forgotten that... He doesn't want to be heartless. Uh-uh. He wants to save everybody. He got two hearts. Yeah. Yeah, I totally thought he was. there was an opening for a joke there. There was. And he yeah. just didn't do oh, it. Come on, it was a tender moment. Let's just ha- have it for once instead no. of being glib. <laughs> but also it reminded me of the of the, the a lot of the finales we've seen, especially when they talk about the fall of Gallifrey, mm-hmm. when he says there's sometimes you're not faced with any good options, but you have to choose. Yeah. He's put in a lot of situations where he has to choose. And that's just it. He, there, people put everyone's lives in his hands, and what is he going to do with them? Sometimes mm. he can't save everyone, and that's been mm-hmm. evident in the past, in his yeah. past, especially. Just well, this once. It's, it's <laughs> very interesting coming so soon after the 50th, like, just because this was, like, coming, butting up rights against it, where that, that whole thing was, you have to make a decision, there's no good decision, mm-hmm. and then they're like, but there's always a way out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then this doctor, if, if, if this doctor had been in that situation... I think he just like he hits that red button and walks away. Oh, he would have. Well, taken I him I love Capaldi's take. It's a little it's darker. The way that the writer who wrote this past episode describes it, it's a little bit Hugh Laurie esque. It's a little bit Doctor House. Oh yeah. yeah. It's a little yes. bit yeah. It's a little bit Sherlock Holmes. He's arrogant. He's dark. And I love seeing this side of the Doctor coming off of a Doctor who was so bubbly and so happy and so positive, who had wonderful comedic moments, but then seeing this like a Doctor in turmoil, but also totally confident. It's very interesting. Yeah, the, it had a great line. Uh, people with guns with their heads don't have time to mourn. <laughs> I thought that was like fantastic. I yep. was like, oh, holy crap! This guy's he's yeah. ready. He's yep. ready to do some science. Well, that's yeah. the thing. He's the pragmatist doctor. Yeah, he he one hundred percent. It's all about the task at hand. It's all about maintaining the peace. It's all about saving the life. It's all about the greater good. He doesn't have time to to quibble or to try to get anything extra. It's about what is going to get this job done because I've seen too many deaths. I think I think Gus showing his hand mm-hmm. uh, and like uh, taking the holograms away were a big relief to him. Yeah, because then it was like, oh, I'm in a lab. I know what to do here. Right. Lab is look at data and then, you know, make observations and that kind of stuff. So I think I think that was kind of a relief to him when Gus revealed himself. I think it was it really reminds me of Sherlock Holmes. It's like here's what you're working with and then he can finally you saw him just light up at the thought of a puzzle to being solved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't how many lives I can save, it was like he had a, a line in there where he's like I just move on to the next and the next until I beat it. Yeah. yeah. It was the puzzle. He wants the puzzle. It's very Sherlock Holmes. It was like, "All right, let's get rid of all the riffraff, all these holograms, all this Orient Express. Give me what I need to work with and let me work." Well, it's kind of a little bit like um People with Asperger's, uh, when they're processing anything, they want to know the rules. Once they know what the rules are, what they can and can't do, then they're able to think through all the possible things that they can do within those boundaries. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to know, who am I fighting? Uh, What do they want? How long do I have? And what's my next move? And as soon as he had all the rules, when there was no more illusions at play, it was like, okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. 
These people are going to die. Yep. Let's figure out what order it's happening so that I can figure this out before more of them die than need to die. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Can we talk about how Einstein was there and he was useless? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what's Einstein doing there? He is just I chilling was out. Silent. Oh, he so didn't good. have anything to add and he didn't really do anything. They didn't actually, just to be clear, they didn't actually establish him as Einstein. Just, they just oh, said yeah. there was a physist in the room. He's and just, just space Einstein. happens to look like <laughs> Einstein. He's He's Spinstein, space, space Einstein. Einstein. I feel like Einstein is space Einstein. Yeah, regular well, Einstein. I mean, yeah. if we well, want to get you know technical, yeah. yeah. Whatever. If you want to get literal, useless, I mean, guys, look at his body of work. Yeah. Um, no, that was very, very, very good. Uh, I wish he was wearing that red sweater. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sticking his tongue out at yeah. us. Yeah. Um, okay. Here, before we move on, and we still have so much to discuss and so little time to do it in, yeah. uh, I just want to really quickly mention iTunes. You know, folks, I say it every week, and only because it's the truth, the best way for you to support AfterBuzz TV is to go to iTunes and rate and review the shows that you listen to or that you watch on YouTube. It's quick. It's simple. It doesn't cost you a dime, and it helps out everyone here. It's how we get our sponsors. It's how we get our wonderful <laughs> guests like Kristen. Yay. And it's how we keep our doors open and our lights on. It's also the best way for you to tell us how you feel about our programming. You know, we here at AfterBuzz TV, we put out over 80 hours of free after-show content a week. We provide the widest variety of after-show podcasts available on any platform. <laughs> and what podcast in the world is going to offer you a video option and two sonic screwdrivers in the same room, honestly? So, uh... Size you... matters, my friend. It's yeah. true. Oh. Convenience. Aww. Yeah. Convenience. You gotta get into tight spots sometimes. <laughs> That's okay. Let's not go gross. down this road. <laughs> uh, you also get a great shout out here on the show, and I am pulling up reviews at the moment. You know, we're right now we're sitting on 143 ratings on the Doctor Who podcast, and we put out two shows a week. We put out this show, and we put out the Doctor Who classic show that Zach hosts on Wednesdays. Yeah, we're gonna, this Wednesday we're going to be talking about the uh, classic Hartnell episode, The Time Meddler. Ooh. And then next week, we're going to do the first regeneration story ever what? with the Tenth Planet. Oh, sick. I'm really excited about <laughs> it. Oh, I want to be there. Is the Tenth Planet Planet X? No. No. I don't know. <laughs> it's just called the Tenth Planet. I haven't okay. watched it yet. Roman numeral. All right, all right. <laughs> so uh, if you if you rate if you yeah. rate and review the show, you get a shout out here on our show. Uh, Setai Sticks <laughs> writes uh, the, the best after show after Buzz podcast goes to Doctor Who oh. five stars. Uh, this is Thank one you. of the few After Buzz shows definitely worth turning in for, uh, both new and the classic. I'm a longtime Who fan, watching on PBS since I was a kid, and I am really getting a kick out of listening to the differencing opinions and insights. It reminds me of the various D and D groups I've been a part of. <laughs> Diverse yet not divisive. Keep it coming, nerds rule. I love it. Uh, Eric four six four Doctor Who podcast five stars. Great podcast. You know how. Long long it took Eric464 to write that review? Ten seconds. Whoa, that's long for a great podcast. <laughs> okay, well, maybe I'm underestimating <laughs> Okay, him. He had to title it, too. Yeah. Doctor okay. Who yeah, Podcast. That's true, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, keep Who Coming uh, from HMS J HMSLJJ4. Ooh. Oh. Uh, um, you guys shift. are now part of my Who viewing, viewing and it's really appreciated. Um, as far as the episode is concerned, is anyone not at all upset that Clara wants to leave? Um... Uh, she can be funny she's gorgeous she has some great big moments but for whatever reason I just don't care that much about her oh. um, I've been sad to see other companions leave especially Donna but right now I can't feel that way about Clara honestly if this was last season I would have agreed with you but mm -hmm. I feel like they've ha done such a wonderful uh, job of strengthening her character episode yeah. over episode that I, I'm, I'm bummed to see her go it's, it's getting better definitely but I still 
I agree to a certain extent that like it's not I wouldn't be crying the way like the the Angels Take Manhattan episode mm-hmm. was like so emotional seeing those characters leave. That hurt. Yeah. But I w- if Clara left, like unless the episode was some unbelievably written fantastic jump, it would be tough for me to get emotional. Well, here, but we're going to get into this. Also, bring Donna back. I'm yeah, okay with she's that. The, she's the best. <laughs> Donna's the best, bar none. Um, so wonderful. But I got to gotta finish these. Missy and Clara theories, five stars from Casey Rhiannon. Uh, these theories are rather vague and not well thought out yet, but I think Missy could very well be a f- possible future version of the Doctor. Oh. He isn't sure how many regenerations he has now, which he flats, flat out said in Kill the Moon. Is it possible he called Clara himself as Missy, the woman in the shop, uh, to make sure, sure that Clara stuck around? Oh. We've been playing a lot with that TARDIS phone in this season. I don't know. Uh, Interesting. Awesome. Also, to the theory theory that Clara might be pregnant, she was drinking champagne on this episode. Yeah, I think that dispels it. That doesn't dispel anything. They they, they, they just be reckless. But if they knew they were going there, a show like Doctor Who is not going to let people go back and be like, she was drinking alcohol while pregnant. Yeah. Uh, Go Doctor Who fans. You never saw her take a sip. That's all I'm saying. That's true. She was just holding oh. it. She was just holding it. Just a prop. I don't think... Cheesy I mean, craze. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go real quick on these. Go Doctor Who fans. Go from JD Writes 101. Awesome from Snowy Night. Both five stars. Thank Wonderful you. podcast. Uh, person 5423. Five stars. Great podcast. Savannah N. Five stars. Doctor Who Classics. Emily 549. I'm just going to read this because Doctor Who Classics deserves some love. Yeah. Five stars. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. I've been meaning to watch classic Doctor Who for a while. When I found this podcast, I thought I'd finally give it a try. The panel is great and I love hearing what everyone has to say. Aww. I was surprised by how much I enjoy watching classic Who and this podcast makes it even better. I look forward to it every week. Uh, and that is that is the final review for today. So, folks, keep those reviews coming. We're sitting on 143 ratings right now. I see no reason why we can't hit 200 by the end of this season. There's no reason. No reason at all. No. So, please keep those coming. Okay. So, uh, we've talked a lot about the Doctor and Clara so far. I want to talk about the foretold yeah. and about Gus and about the, the machinations of this plot. Before, mm-hmm. sorry, before we go on, I just want to say that the Foxes, uh, don't cameo. stop me now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which was so teased, and and everyone's looking forward to and excited about. It. And yes, it was great. I wanted more. Mm-hmm. It's just dope. I feel like so they dope. they missed a great so opportunity. So cool. I have one more tangent. The uh, gummy bears. Uh, uh, the jelly uh, babies. The jelly babies. Yeah. Jelly. I don't. I don't eat any of those things. Amazing. Yes. I heard it was Capaldi's choice to do that. Well, I it love that because it's, like it's it. a wonderful yeah. throwback Genius. to the fourth doctor. It, yeah, yeah it, was a, it was an interesting moment too, where yeah. you like opened it up. You thought it was a cigarette case. Yeah, and then it was just <laughs> jelly babies. Jelly babies. Oh man, <laughs> I had never had jelly babies before. But then someone sent um, at my job at SourceFed. We were doing a Doctor Who show, and they sent us a whole box of jelly babies. What? And they did are... you eat them all in the closet by yourself? No, because <laughs> technically I'm on a diet, so I only had <laughs> like a couple. Half of them. I only had half of them and just hated <laughs> That's myself. That's why you were in the in the closet <laughs> calories don't count if you're in the closet or you're the tardis, the TARDIS. This- <laughs> You were doing push-ups and then eating a jelly baby every time. <laughs> That's how it works, right? It, yeah, a push-up yeah. push for 8,000 calories. You're, you're jelly winning babies. the math equation. Thank you. So back to the foretold. Yes. Yeah. The foretold. Um, so when they said mummy on the Orient Express, I don't think any of us expected this like kind of spectral phase-shifting mummy soldier from the eighth dimension. No, of course not. No. It was cool. Yeah, Are I liked you it my a lot. mummy? Um, yeah. The best callback. Great yeah. callback. So good. Necessary. Uh, uh, I thought it was really interesting. That's that's two uh, creatures this season that have been soldiers, 
that have kind hmm. of been lost in time Ooh. and like reactivated on accident or have been like trying to fight a war they've already lost. Yeah. It, it's also a major theme. This is another AI playing a significant role, yeah. which is just everything that we've done this season has been with an AI. With mm-hmm. it, Kill the Moon being like, I think the only exception in an episode that didn't have an AI prominently featured. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting. It also reminded me of the episode where they're on a submarine. Cold War. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cold War. It, like, it reminded me of that because it was, again, a soldier that has been reactivated and is trying to fight a war that it's that is long gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, also the Doctor. Yeah. Is. And they're also fans of villains that only certain people can see. The yeah. silence and things like that. What I love I love that idea, and they play around with it a lot, and it never seems to get old for me. Yeah. I love, the, I love the moment when everyone could see it. Yeah. I was like, should I yeah. start the clock yet? Yeah. <laughs> the clock was also fantastic. It's yeah. a great way to add, like, building, building drama. Like, with The Silence, we got the drama because it was just such intense, such an intense scenario. But with, with The Mummy, having that time clock almost seemed completely necessary yeah. to enforce that dramatic build. Mm-hmm. I loved it. That was a great little, having the bug in the corner was fantastic. So good, yeah. Um, I think it's great. Like, I love that idea, and I don't think it gets old because the idea of a, a monster that is always scarier, it's the Jaws theory. Yeah. It's always yeah. scarier when you, you can't, can't see it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's in the background. Yeah. You can create it in your own mind. And so, even though we get to see this monster, and it's like not that super scary, and like, yeah. I think and that's what happens when everybody sees it. They're like, it's a man standing in ragged bandages. Like, it's creepy, but yeah. not like it's scary. But. Yeah. Just them worrying about it. What is this thing? There Meeting. just would have been this random aside of like, I do say, Clarence, do you see that man in those raggedy bandages stumbling about the carriage? Oh, how droll. Hmm. What wonderful entertainment. How lively. Well, More caviar! You, you do joke about... Hmm. You do joke about that. There was, uh, for about half this episode, I thought it was going to be a twist that this was an Orient Express created as a... Like murder mystery, Agatha Christie That's fan. Thing. I had the same thought That's as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. like when the door wouldn't open because you needed an executive order. I was like, oh, there's just a bunch of like Agatha Christie fans like manipulating everything. <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of nerds just Hercule Poirot. Yeah, well, exactly. that like the people dying is like part. It's like in on it, or they are holograms, yeah. and like it's the fun of like solving this mystery. And, like, and then the twist would be, here. wait a minute, she wasn't supposed to die. Yeah. 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 It's a real death. The first real death on this murder mystery train tour we've had in a thousand years. Well, Spiderweb. I love when, when the doctor asks Quell, uh, you know, how many bodies have to, like, how many people have to die for you to start doing something? Three. Uh, three. Yeah. three. Three, apparently. Three is the number. Yeah. I was like, that's great. <laughs> yeah. He it, answered it. I was like, oh, he actually had a number. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Well, two is a coincidence. Three is a pattern. Yeah. Sure. Did anyone think... Like I, I love Perkins because he was such a wonderful red herring. Him. Well, just because like yeah, he did seem really creepy at first. How enigmatic! No, I, loved him. He's great. I feel like a person can only be so enigmatic without being suspicious. No, I thought he was going to jump on the TARDIS and join them for at least an episode. I was so excited. I was excited about just this idea of this like live-in engine room guy, yeah, who's yeah. just yeah. like dressed up like <laughs> it's the 1840s, <laughs> just have Scotty on the TARDIS, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he and, and anytime. 
time the doctor, you know, was lonely or needed a moment, he could just go down to the engine room and have a verbal sparring match yeah. with his just I dude picture in the conductor's building cap. robots and then having robot fights. <laughs> oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Come on. But his interrupt, inter, interruption. Do you remember BattleBots? BattleBots. I remember BattleBots. What do I look like? Amazing. A monster? <laughs> or he becomes the doctor's mad scientist who builds him like crazy sonic screwdrivers all the time. Oh. Oh, yeah. Endless possibilities. His introduction was very creepy. Yeah. Like, it was him, like, shade on his face. Yeah. Like, what are you doing back here? And yeah. he's just casually sh- yeah. standing in the shadows, you know, corner well, yeah. of the room. Yeah. You know, no big. I, I loved him. It seemed sinister at first, but then he turned into a great, like, also because he was calling the doctor out on his moral shortcomings, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, this guy's being set up like a companion, where it's like he's bringing the doctor back to humanity. Uh, but then he made probably the most intelligent choice, which was, I don't think I'll join you. And I was like, you know what? I'm a pass. You were too okay with all those cooks dying. Well, you can see the intelligence working in him from the very beginning. Yeah. You can see he was kind of, he was already on that, that row that the, the doctor, when he, when he brings mm-hmm. the plans in, yeah. he's like, I've already been looking into this. You can see his intelligence. And I really enjoyed companions that have that really intelligent aspect and just completely show it. It's I great. want him to join Strax and Vostra and Jenny. Uh, <laughs> I want Perkins to join them. That You're would just be making amazing. it a, like an A-team? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is the greatest team ever. We need an enigmatic brainy dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah, somebody who's working on gadgets. I that's, think that's what they need. That's Strax, right? No. No. Because <laughs> he's he's making like those Paternoster things, like, like the scanner that showed how much uh, Clara thinks about uh, men's gymnastics. Yeah. But <laughs> Um, yeah, no, we need we need a Perkins in that. We mix. need a useful one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are we going to talk about Gus? Let's talk about yeah, Gus. Let's, let's Gus. Talk about Gus is still out there. He is. Yeah. Uh, he was trying to bend this mummy to his will. Mm-hmm. Um, knew about the doctor. Knew about the doctor. Had been trying to get him on the Orient Express since the end of season five, the Big Bang, when he called them up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, Gus was uh, voiced by. Not who you thought, no. but it was John Sessions, apparently. Oh. Yeah, I looked it up. He, he went in for a session? Yeah, yeah John nice. Sessions yeah. went in for a session. Uh, I thought I thought it was interesting. I, I like the idea of a nemesis for the Doctor. I, I think it's interesting, as far as storytelling goes, to have kind of this counter force for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I, I want to know who he is. I want to know who Gus is. I cannot wait. To I find also like that he had an anti-Tardis field, or like he yeah. might get back into it. Like, so uh, or do you think that was a lie? I know, I, oh no, Zach that was that was true because okay. Clark tried to get to the Tardis. Is this a question or a theory? Pal? Theory. I have okay. a theory. All right. If you, if you have time let her rip. All right. You know that I've been on the on the show multiple times and talking about uh, my Missy's River. Craziness. <sighs> yeah, I don't want any more. Right, well, okay. Well, it, 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 it doesn't have to be. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be uh, with that entirely. But again, just playing with the there, this constant theme of AI. Yeah. Could it be that the are they are setting up the doctor, testing his sort of respect for AI? They're playing with him. There's a lot of AI going oh, into. Oh, I think his. I know where you're going. Oh, yeah. Well, we know that. Well, Libraries. River's effectively an AI now, and yeah. that she's like a, she the, library the library brain. Yeah. And we talked about the um, the Nether Sphere being like this underneath sphere. It could be, um, it could be the library in another form, like a bigger. Yeah. Thing and it makes me think of like the Ood sphere, the sense sphere. We go all the way back to the sense. If we're gonna start talking about every single sphere out there, then of course you can make a connection, mental connections with AI. That's what I'm playing with now. It's insane. Apple, stop. 
I originally thought they brought the whole AI thing in to just tie really nicely into the new steampunk theme that they had for the whole Doctor Who Mm -hmm. revamp. Mm -hmm. So when you see in the beginning, when when they get on the Orient Express, the one guy comes out with a monocle. I think it's just all those little aspects tie into the whole steampunk theme. I think that's kind of a a running theme now. So we're going to see a lot more of this in in the rest of Capaldi's career because it's... That's they revamped it as this beautiful steampunk, thing. right? Sunk. Sleek, sleek blue metal TARDIS filled with chalkboards and books. Exactly, and, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So, so the, the mix of the two and the gears are mm-hmm. turning around the top. Yeah. All those tiny. So why do you think Gus wanted this mummy? I think he wanted That's a weapon. That's what I was thinking yeah. about. So the sarcophagus, they wanted to originally trap it, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what were they going to use it for? And then what else are they trying to get? Are they trapping other kinds yeah. of intelligence, other kinds of things? I'm going to throw this out there. They That's were trying not... They were trying to get a hold, a, a, a hold on that tech that allowed it to shave, uh, sorry, not shave, phase Please. through dimensions. It was looking right. for phase shifting technology. Okay. Um, you and know, also the vault in the, oh, in the bank going. episode yeah. where mm-hmm. it had everything in it. Mm. I mean, there are a lot, there's, I wonder what Lots you know, of uh, artifacts in there. But, the Blitzer, yeah. all of its weaponry, maybe it wanted the Blitzer as well. Yeah, I, I hear where you're going, please. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's just we see Missy in uh, in this uh, nether sphere in, in paradise land. with yeah. all of these different doors, which yeah. I posited were to uh, different moments in time or planets or dimensions or whatever. If it's the space that exists below, below low existence, then it can go to all these different places. Having phase shifting technology would make it a lot easier to pinpoint and go wherever she wants to go and bring her army of dead souls with her. Or is this Sleepy Hollow all of a sudden? No, it's not. (laughs) But... Um, there's or something to, to bring people from the dimension that Gallifrey yeah. is in back into our dimension. Sure. Yeah. What? Like, someone might want to do that? Who might want to do that? <laughs> well, not the Ronnie, because Stephen Moffat apparently said so it's, it's not the Ronnie. It's not going to be the Ronnie. No. I was thinking of someone else that I got all angry and huffy about, not and fans Ronnie. got mad. What? Missy being the, the master? master? That's it. Yeah. Well, we've been saying that since the beginning of the season. I know. I'm. I'm just. Get, I'm uh, apologizing. Also, also Missy could be a completely new enemy. I mean, I think it's more. I think it's more pleasing if she's someone from the past. I think, as a storytelling standpoint, it's more pleasing if she's like an ancient enemy for the Doctor. But yeah, um, what if she's connected to the Shakri somehow? We haven't had them mentioned since the Power of Three. Uh, I'm trying to recall. Um, what they said when they passed through that solid wall onto their ship and whether or not it was refers to, referred to as phase-shifting technology. But that is an ancient evil that was something the Doctor heard about as just a, a, a fairy tale story, a bedtime story when he was a child. Um, oh. And it, they're still out there. They reintroduced that on purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying. I think it's probably that shrub planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the planet. planet of the living shrubs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, we are running out of time, so we got to go straight into formal predictions. Ooh. Yes. And now, yeah. your After Buzz TV predictions. Okay. So next week, uh, it appears we are we are getting some kind of fun playing with dimensions and and space time kind of dealy. People getting turned into not quite paintings. It's a lot like that uh, Legend of Zelda: Link Between Two Worlds game that came out recently. Where Eating became... dimensions is what they say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do we think's going on in that episode and for the rest of the season to come? We have uh, four episodes, five episodes left. Right. Yeah. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Oh. Uh, with the uh, twelve and thirteen being a two-parter. So what's we up? did not get 
any kind of like Missy interaction in this episode. Mm-hmm. So I think we're definitely going to see something in the next episode, or at least I'm seriously hoping because mm-hmm. every little tidbit they're so short. We need so something. Yeah. We need something, and it's got to start unfolding kind of soon. Mm-hmm. We need some kind of thing. I love the dimensional stuff. I think we're that uh, next episode is going to be even further in depth with that, and then we might get some kind of hopefully get some kind of an insight into what she may be using to play with this kind of dimensional shift from two-dimensional to three-dimensional. Like, the the aliens apparently are some kind of a two-dimensional, three-dimensional yeah. experimentation yeah. stuff. So that could out. play perfectly into your theory yeah. about them needing dimensional technology if Missy is the one te- that's behind testing all this stuff mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Uh, You're so excited. I like being right. Uh, it looks... <laughs> To me, like the way they showed it, it looks a lot like the Cybermen when they were invading mm. Earth and there were ghosts. Mm, it does. Uh, so I'm going to throw out a prediction. Cybermen are going to be big soon. It's going to be a big Cybermen thing. Well, they're the one big robot that we have. Well, the one robot we haven't seen. We had the Daleks, which are uh, organic matter and uh, and robotics. As yeah. are Cybermen. As are, Cy- as are Cybermen. As are the the uh, clockwork men that we had at yeah. the top of the season. Like, this whole season has just been a recurrence. Not just robots, but the union of organic tissue and robotics. Yeah. yeah. Um, I definitely agree. I think Cybermen are on their way for sure. Um, not just because there are photos floating around, but I think that they're <laughs> for sure on their way. And I are there think, photos? yeah, of uh, of Missy and Cyberman. Oh. That would make sense. Yeah, so that I think sense. that is for sure coming. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I have no idea. I want to know who Gus is. It really bugs me. And I'm trying to. I'm like, well, Yana was. You are not alone. What does Gus stand for? It's not River. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I just enjoy throwing out insane theories. Sure. I'm not particularly married. I do like the idea of Missy as some form of river. I'm still clinging to that be- basic idea. But I love the dimensional thing, and I still think those two things could Good go upward hand. strokes. I like the um, idea of Missy being something new, using old technology, using maybe mm. aliens that they're just introducing or even further back, and then bringing it into a new villain that maybe we haven't met yet. I like that my, idea. But I my one thing I'm clinging to that makes me think that she's somebody that we've met before oh, is her reference, constant references. Yeah, the boyfriend. Yeah, the exactly, idea that she yeah. knows the doctor yeah. implies that yeah. we also know her. Yeah. I think also we've seen a lot of callbacks. A lot of callbacks sure. this season. Go and under shoe. a little bit of last season. And I think that we are going to... Uh, it's definitely... She's a callback for sure. Go All under right. shoe? No. I do Go think she shoe. works through a- AI. Like, she's, like, writing code into AI or something. It's a huge master plan where every episode of the season has built... The great intelligence. Getting ugly soon. Give up salad. (laughs) Give up salad. (laughs) All right, folks, I want to thank you so much for joining us this week on the Doctor Who After Show. Tune in on Wednesday for the Doctor Who Classic Show where we're doing, what is the the episode again? The Time Meddler, which is available on Hulu Plus. Yes, the Time Meddler, available on Hulu Plus. We will be back next week with an all-new episode covering episode nine. Zach Wilson, where can the people find you? Uh, You guys can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at ThatZachWilson and also here at AfterBuzz on uh, Z Nation. Uh, Doctor Who Classics, and then uh, uh, Sleepy Hollow. I'm going to be doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tomorrow. Awesome. Yes, you will. You can find me online at yell.tv. That's Y-A-E-L.tv. There you'll find info about all the other shows I do here at AfterBuzz. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Google Plus at yelltegel. That's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. Okay, Jesse. Yeah, you can find me at JessKlein1, J-E-S-S-K-L-E-I-N, the number one. That'll be on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I do Doctor Who here, and I do live comedy around Los Angeles. 
Okay, and Kristen? Uh, you can find me at Kristen Gerhardt on Twitter and Instagram. You can also check out my YouTube channel. It's kind of magic and girly stuff called Bitchcraft. And I also host a show at 311.com called Expose and Wizard Wars on Sci-Fi. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can find all my videos for SourceFed, SourceFed Nerd, and on my personal channel on YouTube. Just search for Matt Lieberman. Uh, and I'm doing Sons of Anarchy, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and uh, Sleepy Hollow. All right, folks. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back next week. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.